Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome back to The Seminarians Show. My name is Jacob Stinnett. I'm a seminarian for the Diocese of Columbus. Joining me in the studio today is Brian Smith, a seminarian for the Diocese of Youngstown. Let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you today thanking you for the gift of life, the gift that you give to all of us that you continually pour out um, each day. Help us to respond in thanksgiving, looking for ways that we can use the gifts and talents that you give us to promote life in our communities um, and in our own lives. We entrust this prayer to the Blessed Virgin as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Brian, today we're going to be talking about uh, one of those issues that is maybe a political issue um, in the United States of America, um, but the Church doesn't see it as a political issue, it sees it as a theological issue, um, Mm -hmm. and not so much an issue as a joyful truth to be proclaimed. It's part of the gospel message, which is the promotion, um, the celebration of life from Mm -hmm. conception through death, natural death, as we would say. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, that's what our show will be about today. Um, So I'd like to start talking just about um, why it is that this is such a key part of the gospel message, the the value and dignity of human life. John Paul II wrote an entire encyclical on it, Mm -hmm. um, Evangelium Vitae, the gospel of life, talking about issues um, ranging from abortion and contraception through murder, euthanasia, um, all those issues from both the beginning and the end of life that Mm -hmm. we as Christians, as Catholics, are called to um, respect and to promote respect for in the culture. And it's not just Pope John Paul II who really began the talk about this, these issues, but sure. you know we can even look in our sacred scripture. Um, there's three places that I could highlight off the top of my head, looking back to the very beginning in the story of creation. Um, our Lord speaks to the the first human beings and says to them, "Be fertile and multiply." Mm-hmm. Um, he gives them a command to live and to propagate, to make life, and to to care for life, not just human life, but even the life of the earth. Um, when Israel is in the desert escaping from Egypt, <clears throat> Moses receives the law and he presents it to Israel and he tells them that they have a choice between life and death. And he says, choose life. Mm-hmm. And then our Lord Jesus Christ himself in the Gospels says, I have come that you may have life. And not just that you may have life, but that you may have it more abundantly. So, um, and this is part of this idea of not just having life, but having it more abundantly is one of the main focuses of the Catholic Church's witness to life in that 
Um, we're not just talking about a bare minimum, but we're talking about discovering the beauty of life, even in the midst of difficulties and hardships. Um, right. That's what the law of charity calls us to. The law of charity isn't setting minimums. Mm-hmm. It's calling forth to more and more. It's a maximal approach, really. Um, yeah, which is our what we're called to do in promoting um, the value and joy of life. Um, I, you mentioned um, the command of God in Genesis to be fertile and multiply. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in just a couple of verses right before that, God gives us one reason why human life is so special, mm-hmm. special even more than the rest of creation, because he made man and woman in his image right. and likeness he created them. So there's something unique about um, human life because it images God. There's something particular about a person, a human person, that looks towards, looks back at its creator, Mm -hmm. God, in a special way. And for that reason, the life of a human being demands the utmost respect because of how um, every human life bears the image of God. Mm -hmm. Precisely. So there's, um, I mean, even in, like, Catholic terminology, um, we distinguish between kind of animal reproduction, as we mm-hmm. call it, and human procreation, mm. um, mm. which is kind of a fun thing to look at. Um, reproduction is just making something again, so it's creating a copy. This is what animals do. Yeah. Um, but humans procreate, which means it's it's um, two different agents coming together. There's the mm. human agent, mm-hmm. by which we get our bodies, and the divine agent, God, um, who creates our souls. Wow. Part of the Catholic doctrine is the immediate creation of the human soul by God, because only God can create something that's immortal. I'd um, never thought of that distinction before, and I'm really glad that you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really meaningful, too, that within that word procreation, even, you know, we're reminded that God gives us this great dignity of cooperating in his work mm-hmm. of making life. Right. Shows the the it's value some, of the human person right, it's in that work. we do mm-hmm. that is cooperating with him and being very close with him. Yeah. So that's pretty, that's, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I've always found that to be something useful, um, especially in just, you know, defining terminology and discussions is mm-hmm. always important to get the truth conveyed. Um, and one of those truths that's easy to overlook is the role that God plays in the conception of human life mm-hmm. in particular. So we have, uh, as Catholics, this intellectual understanding. Um, We know and believe um, that human life images the divine life, um, which calls for its dignity, um, that God works with us to create um, new human persons. Um, So then what does this kind of call us forward? What's the, the gospel action that's called for by this? this uh, fundamental teaching of the church? Well, some things that come to mind are, first of all, making sure that not only do people realize the value of life, but that people have the means to care for life, especially um, when we're talking about the issue of abortion and respect for life at the beginning of life. You know, do families particularly mothers um, have what they need to care for a new child, okay? 
to care for themselves <laughs> during mm-hmm. their pregnancy and then looking forward into the future to you know establish a home for the child that they're bringing into the world yeah i think one thing that um some people like to call the the pro-life movement or the march for life they just try to characterize as an anti-abortion as right. if we're only protesting something right. or we're only against something but actually no we're for something we're for um for life which involves taking care of those in difficult situations mm-hmm. um like you mentioned so it's not just we're protesting but we're trying to put forward to the culture an image of this is what the beauty and value of life looks like which calls us to all sorts of different actions um you know sort of protesting injustice is one of them but as you say um, maybe even more importantly is will the actions that we take in our own lives to actually promote to act for mm-hmm. um, this good that we hold and believe and treasure so there's two valid elements there's the promoting of laws mm-hmm. that respect um, life in all its ways and then what one can do especially in a local context to um, you know contribute of my time and my resources to those who might be lacking them and all of this um, should be done both with charity, as we talked about the law of charity that calls us to do more, mm-hmm. to do it with um, the loving eyes of God, but also with compassion, um, which I'm sure you know the etymology means to suffer with someone. <laughs> to feel with, to suffer with. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, to acknowledge and take upon ourselves the pain that circumstances um, cause people. Mm-hmm. So it's not to to look with with judgment on someone, but to look on them with love, to see them as um, someone in need of God's loving mercy, mm-hmm. which is what builds up people. It doesn't um, tear them down or isolate them at all. You've been listening to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. My name is Jacob Stinnett. I'm a seminarian for the Diocese of Columbus. And joining me today is Brian Smith, a, di- a seminarian for the Diocese of Youngstown. Um, we've been talking about um, pro-life issues, um, what the church believes, um, what the church promotes. And we're going to start talking now about what seminarians do um, as far as promoting pro-life activities mm-hmm. and what all Catholics can do and maybe ought to do mm-hmm. also. Um, to promote the culture of life. So, um, Brian, you've been a seminarian for a while now. Um, So what are some various activities that seminarians do here uh, at the Josephinum to promote life? The seminaries of the Josephinum, um, to begin with, try to dedicate a certain amount of prayer to the cause of um, a greater respect for life in our country. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the ways that we do that is even through um, a public gathering in prayer um, at a place where we see respect for life being most threatened. Um, and that location concretely has changed over the years, mm-hmm. which is something that we see as a testament to the effectiveness of our prayer. Um, because um, the different locations throughout the Columbus area where um, there is access 
to abortion Mm -hmm. um, have been the locations where we've gone to pray. And we've seen a number of those um, either shift the services that that they're offering or or close. Um, And that is, you know, in a sense, an encouragement and... um, Yeah, very much so. um, Something that inspires us to continue giving this public witness um, as the need arises. So typically this is on a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. um, a group, small group of seminarians. There's a small faithful group who will go every week yeah. and then other seminarians who will occasionally join them mm-hmm. to go pray a rosary. Um, usually maybe once a semester. So there's a big push at the seminary to have as many seminarians as possible go for a Saturday. Yeah. Whether it's in October during the 40 days for mm-hmm. life or or sometime. Or in- during Lent usually, mm-hmm. another Saturday like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, besides that public witness of prayer, um, this year there's been a novena for life that we've been praying at the seminary, especially in the college. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also organize a trip every January to go attend the March for Life. Yeah, the National March in it's Washington, D.C. Not something that seminarians are required to do, per se, but um, a large portion of the seminarians from the Josephinum do go every year. The seminary um, acquires a bus for us or two so that we can go out there. And we'll spend one night. So the night before the march, there's a mass at the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, um, which is always quite a spectacle. There's you know thousands of people. The church is filled both the upper level and the lower level. Mm-hmm. And usually um, the bishop who is... The president, I don't know if that's the right word, but who who leads the bishop's commission on promoting respect for life will mm-hmm. celebrate that mass and give a homily for all those gathered, encouraging them not only in their witness in the march, but in what you know they're to do when, as they return home. We'll spend the night then, and then the next day we'll march, mm-hmm. um, praying and singing hymns um, to the Supreme Court, you know, praying that there will be a reversal of um, what we view as a, an unjust um, amendment to our constitution of our country. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I don't know if anybody out there in the U.S. Is keep keeps statistics as to like what the largest mass is every year or something like that, but yeah. I would think that the Vigil Mass for Life at the National Shrine would have to rank probably in the top five, I would, I would hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'd have usually over 5,000 people in the basilica and hundreds of priests and deacons and mm-hmm. there's always lots and lots of pointy hats coming down the aisle yeah. when the bishops come in and and several cardinals and whatnot so it's a great a great witness of the church um to have so much of the church in america gathered in one spot all praying you mentioned that together you, you and i have been in seminary for a few years now so yes. I, i've been out to a few marches and my first years in seminary we seminarians would process in mm-hmm. like during the or first song or something right. with everyone else. But somebody uh, a few years ago made the decision that that was just taking too much time. It would take, <laughs> it, the, the opening procession would take over half an hour. Right. Um, so they decided seminarians, you guys can just walk upstairs and find your seats in the areas designated for you. And right. It just the deacons and priests will process it. Seminarians have pre-boarding. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which at airports is very desirable, but uh, some wish to be part of the procession now. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, All in due time, Jacob. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, that vigil mass is so beautiful. Um, and there's, there are dignitaries from other, uh, Christian faiths. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. There are representatives from various lay organizations mm-hmm. there, government officials um, as well. So it's uh, a real big turnout for mm-hmm. this this um, promotion of life. Yeah, you mentioned the representatives from other faiths that even attend that Mass. Mm-hmm. The March for Life itself, you know, the Knights of Columbus play a major role in organizing the march. Yeah. But it's not just a Catholic initiative, even though the mm-hmm. Catholic Church is very well represented. Um, right, you'll many see. groups will carry their banners with them, rep- just saying where they're from. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of schools, yeah. Catholic schools, um, parishes, of course, other youth organizations, colleges. Um, but you also see banners from you know groups from other faiths or um, other types of civic organizations that yeah are they value life in all its stages and they're there to um give give a peaceful witness to that the importance of that in the laws of our country yeah and you know a lot of people as i said that some people try to characterize this march as the anti-abortion march as right. if we're just protesting but mm-hmm. um being a part of the march for life it's one of the most joyful things um it's truly a celebration mm-hmm. um as we're marching there are bands that will play um as you said we'll pray our rosary and sing lots of hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a joyful and uplifting time. Um, there are other marches that you like, you know, see TV clips, and it looks like they're a bunch of angry protesters. I won't name any names for which marches those are, but um, the March for Life is not like that at all, yeah. um, because people are there truly celebrating um, a good that we all share in and that we all at the march want to promote even more. And if we, I believe that if we really trope, tr- if we really hope to you know, achieve this goal, um, that witness is going to be the most effective way to do it, you know, mm-hmm. through giving witness to the beauty and the goodness of life, um, because that's what will win hearts right. more than condemnation. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't to say that we don't need to learn about how do we talk about, you know, why the church um, is against abortion and why the church, you know, promotes this type of legislation. These are important things. Mm-hmm. And um, we could even talk about resources that um, are available for people to learn how to talk to others about these things. Because sometimes those conversations are part of the turning, pro- like the conversion process for someone who um, doesn't view, doesn't see the evil of, you know, attacks against life, like abortion mm-hmm. or euthanasia. Um the the United States bishops, for example, they provide a lot of resources. Yeah, so at uh, usccb.org, um, one of the various committees that the USCCB, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, runs is its pro-life activities mm-hmm. um, committee. And on their website, um, they have lots of different resources. That's where um, you can find the Nine Days for Life Novena mm-hmm. um, that uh, begins on January 21st and runs through the 29th. But of course, those prayers can be said any day um, Mm -hmm. throughout the whole year. Um, We commemorate um, this, especially in January, because that's the anniversary of uh, the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court decision. Mm -hmm. But um, it's something that we can keep in our prayer and ought to keep in our prayer um, throughout the whole year, um, because it's not just in January that there are attacks um, against life. Um, It's not just in January that we should be celebrating life either of course mm-hmm. um one other 
there's a lot of resources. I'm sure um, Catholic Answers has certain, um, you know, questions and answers that would relate to the respect for life. Um, one other person that I'll mention is his name is Peter Kreeft. Mm-hmm. His last name is K-R-E-E-F-T, in case anyone wants to look him up. He has a lot of apologetic resources. I think you and I have talked about what apologetics means, mm-hmm. giving a defense for the faith. In this case, a defense for the Catholic Church's position on life. Um, just two little pages that he has. On one page, he makes an analogy to an apple as a way to talk about, like, we can say what a human life is. Because this is one of the, like, central questions in the debate about abortion is, like, when does life begin? What is a human being? Right. So, um, trying to understand, well, how can we say that the embryo in the womb is a human being? You know, this is something that he helps to communicate in this analogy to an apple, Okay. So if you want to visit his page, he, he has uh, some helpful resources there. And then another related page, just like human personhood. What is a human person? Mm-hmm. And how does understanding what a human person is help us to say, okay, yes, this embryo is a human person, even though it might not be able to talk to me. Is talking the requirement of being a human? Right. Okay. So that's um, an important you know, discussion there that we, that, that people can access and, and learn from. Awesome. Thanks for sharing those couple of different resources that are out there. Um, and I'm sure there are many more um, yeah. scattered across the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a group called Priests for Life um, that's headed by Father Pavone. I believe he's out of New York City. I think so. Um, and so they have lots of resources. Um, you can Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever search engine is your <laughs> preference. Um, Priests for Life. Um, and there'll be lots of resources, um, both informing um, yourself or how to inform others on mm-hmm. um, the, the promoting the value of life and also prayers that, mm-hmm. um, that one can pray uh, for promotion of life. Um, and I think there might even be a couple of different acts of reparation for um, sins against life in our country, which is also mm-hmm. something um, that is valuable to do, especially um, during this month of January. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess as a final word of encouragement, um, promoting life um, is kind of, as we've talked about, there's two different elements to it. There's the first is defending our position, Mm -hmm. um, having those apologetics resources, being able to talk about it in a way Mm -hmm. um, that acknowledges the truth. Um, without it being um, hard or harsh or, mm-hmm. you know, isolating, um, one that's done with charity and compassion. But and then we, also, don't, we don't learn this so that we can necessarily go out and just try to start conversations a lot with people, but so that when we see opportunities right, um, where we see someone whose mind or heart is open mm-hmm. or at least inquisitive, you know, we can engage that person. Right, right. We're not here just to, to fight for the fight's sake, mm-hmm. but... Um, which leads to the second part of right. of the pro-life movement, which is giving an example. So in our own lives, doing things that um, promote life, um, things that show forth the value and dignity that we all have uh, as, uh, as sons of the Father um, through our baptism 
and also uh, as being made in the image of likeness and likeness of God through mm-hmm. um, our conception. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say maybe the most important thing in all of this is to continue to pray. Um, pray especially in, this, in January, the month of January, um, and also throughout the whole year um, to give witness to life and to be ready to help those um, who are find themselves in difficult situations, mm-hmm. um, whether it's uh, a woman who's pregnant out of wedlock or just has a very difficult pregnancy um, or is, has some sort of issue come up in the midst of it. Um, there are lots of different organizations in the Columbus area that help with um, women in challenging situations mm-hmm. that are uh, pro-life. Um, they are going to help support the woman through everything, mm-hmm. um, whether it's financially or with different resources, um, getting her the doctor's appointments that right. she needs. Um, there's the Pregnancy Decision Health Centers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Women's Center um, that uh, the diocese is affiliated with. Um, and there are lots of smaller ones actually out in some of the smaller uh, cities too. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's important to go out there and try to find people where they are and you know, offer to them these the support. Mm-hmm. You can't always expect people to be coming to you. Right. And the church is trying to be proactive in that way. Exactly. Not just the church, other people who are, you know, promoting a respect for life. Yes. So um, the pro-life movement acknowledges both the beauty of life um, and also the challenges of life in a fallen world. We're mm-hmm. not so idealistic that we, sh- that we just kind of turn our, our eyes away from the hard realities that, that um, come to us sometimes, um, but we're there uh, with support, with compassion, to give them the resources they need. Um, a lot of times it's the, the isolation um, that leads to um, abortion or euthanasia or something like that, being part of a community. Yeah. Um, having so that, that support uh, often is what is going to open us uh, to life, um, to appreciating it mm-hmm. um, all the more. And then we see something like what happens with the March for Life. The March for Life came about for something that is objectionable, but it's now such a joyous occasion. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice analogy for life, too. Like, out of the difficulties of life, joy can come if we face them and um, work through them. Absolutely. So let's conclude in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the precious gift of life. Help us to cherish and protect this gift even in the midst of fear, pain, and suffering. Give us love for all people, especially the most vulnerable, and help us bear witness to the truth that every life is worth living. Grant us the humility to accept help when we are in need, and teach us to be merciful to all. Through our words and actions, may others encounter the outstretched hands of your mercy. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.